This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Hello, and hello to anybody out there who is new to the show. Uh, Yes. Anybody that's uh, um, sort of like sideways come across from effectively speaking. Yes, you're very welcome. Mm. Come come Mm. over to the Blake side. We have cookies. We have cookies, and we have weekly uh, episodes. We do, we do. do. I said on um, episode 104 of Effectively Speaking, you know, that uh, I I just wanted to slow down the pace on that, but I can't slow the pace down on Blake 7. Um, I enjoy it too much, and I enjoy our Sundays too much to to take a break, yes. So so anybody who is new to this, who might have been listening to Effectively Speaking and, and never given this show a go, why not? And secondly... Uh, now you're here. What we do, Ian and I, once a week, we look at a character from Blake Seven, uh, and we, we we take it in turns each week. We go season one, season two, season three, season four, and then we take a break and do a special episode, and then we start from one all over again. Um, so this is a special episode um, week this week, and uh, yeah, effectively speaking, we've just been doing the special effects on the Doctor Who story, Robots of Death, haven't we, Ian? Let you have a go at talking. (laughs) Yeah, this is is an extra special episode of Blake Seven in character in that it's not actually about Blake Seven. It's not, although uh, with at least one person in this Doctor Who story, I think we have got a Blake Seven character in there, albeit not with an eye patch. Yes, that's that's true, yes. And I mean, there's what I think is what, seven, seven Blake Seven connections... Uh, See, I never counted yeah. them. I know you. Yeah. I, I know you've been counting them, but I'm not sure. You might actually know one that I haven't spotted. Ah, right. So I, my list. I'll go through my little list. So we've got uh, Chris Boucher, the writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's he's he had something to do with Blake Seven, didn't he? I think. I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, Michael E. Bryan. Yeah. He was director of Robots Death, and he also directed some uh, Blake Seven. You got Pamela Salem. Yep. who we've already discussed uh, in Blake Seven in character. Have we? Yes. Yes, we have. Yep, yes. I mean, my memory. Uh, then we've got Brian Croucher. Um, who you're, you're right, he actually plays in Robots of Death. If you want to see uh, um, Travis before he had his accident, mm-hmm. that's him. It's, yep. it's perfect. Uh, then you've got uh, David Bailey, yep. who uh, was... In uh, uh, what was he in? Eric, help me. What Project Avalon. Project Avalon. That yes. was it. Um, then we've got David Collins, yep. mon- monkey himself, uh, and then we've got Miles Father. I can't pronounce his name. Father Gill. Father Gill. Father Gill. Yes. Hmm. Is that seven or is that six? I That's think that seven. was seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep. So this is Doctor Who seven. All right. Well, I've I've got that that seven, and I might have two more. Oh wow! But we'll go. We'll we'll we'll, uh, um, we'll talk about that when we get to it. All right. 
So yes, yeah, here we go then. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. there may be there may be like cameramen and that, I suppose, that might have worked on both, but I don't know about them. No, I I've got a couple of question marks on two right, others. Okay. All right, Brilliant. but uh, yeah. So yes, um, we have a number of Blake Seven character actors in this Doctor Who story. Anyone that I, I doubt very much that anybody who's into Blake Seven and is a fan of Blake Seven has not seen Robots of Death. But on the slim chance you've never seen it. Seek it out because it's a cracking yes. Doctor Who story. We've just yeah. been talking about this two days ago on Effectively Speaking. Yeah, it would. Um, it's one of those Doctor Who stories that would fit very well into the Blake Seven universe. Mm. And they have crossed it over, haven't they, in audios since then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we often say, I mean, we've often said that Blake Seven episodes like uh, Mission to Destiny, etc., you could slot them into Doctor Who no problem whatsoever. Mm. It's a bit rarer the other way round, but you could, you could have the Liberator going to a desert planet and Blake and that teleporting down onto the sand miner and this would pretty much fit mm. Blake 7. Mm. I'll tell you what, um, costume-wise and design-wise, Robots of Death is more, I would say, a Season 3 Blake 7 yes. than a Season yeah. 1 or 2, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it's not It's not um, drab and utilitarian, no. but it hasn't reached the giddy heights of pantomime that season four did with no, costumes. It's in it's that halfway um, point, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here we go. This is the special episode. And I thought um, what we would do is for each actor that we're going to talk about, we'll ask two questions. I hope you've got the answers and been thinking about this, Ian. Um, how similar is the character and how they play it to what they'd go on to do on Blake 7? And uh, Robots of Death went out almost exactly a year before Blake Seven's very first episode. So who could you see each of them going for and getting yep. in, in the way of a main character role? Yeah, I th- I, okay, yep, yep. All right, I okay. we can do that. So shall we get started then? Okay. Do you like a jelly baby? Shut up! Well, simple enough, thank you, would have been sufficient. Return to your normal duty. Are you all right? I'm fine. Well, Cass is dead. That one's ready to kill. I had to restrain him. Because they're frightened, that's why they're dangerous. She murdered him, didn't she? How do you know he was murdered? It's obvious. Were you marked Cass for death? What are you talking about? You did put a corpse marker on him. Well, yes, but I didn't mean anything by it. What's Cass the same as the others? Yes, exactly the same. And, uh, who are you? I'm the doctor. I assume you're in command here. Yes. What are you doing here? Just standing here, talking to you. You should be very careful if I were you. No doubt you would. What are you doing on this mine? Well, we're travellers. We came here by accident. Oh, I see. A hundred million square miles of uncharted desert and you just stumbled across us. Mm. Well, it's a small world. Yeah. I suppose it's also a coincidence that as soon as you two arrive, three of our people are killed. Well? Oh, sorry, I thought it was a rhetorical question. Yes, it's just a coincidence. So, this Robots of Death, as I say, almost a year before. I mean, it it was first broadcast on the 29th of January, 1977, and Blake Seven started... Was it the third...? No, no. When... It was about the third or the fourth of... 78 wasn't it so yeah. it's almost exactly a, a, a year yeah um yeah that 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 guy whose name rang a bell for you uh chris boucher 
Oh, um, yes, yeah. Wrote it, yeah, yeah. It was his second only for Doctor Who, and um, it was it came about because the producer, Philip Hinchcliffe, wanted a story where highly sophisticated robots were to malfunction in a society that was totally dependent on them. That was his initial idea. Um, yes, yeah, because um, cause Philip Hinchcliffe... He suggested to Robert Holmes, who was his script editor, um, that he wanted a, a, a story on robots. And Robert Holmes was very against this, because he? Mm-hmm. he thought it would be the usual BBC tinfoil and cardboard mm. effort. Um, but I'm glad he, I'm glad he sort of persevered with it. Mm, yeah, um, and it's certainly not the standard tinfoil and cardboard. It this is as far is. from the volcano android as we can get. Wow. The, the the fact that this is seventy seven and that was what seventy nine eighty. I mean, good grief, yeah. the difference, the absolute difference. Um, yeah, but it was also Robert Holmes there. It was him um, asking for the setting to be in an enclosed space. He wanted an enclosed environment, and that was a purely budgetary reason. He wanted to keep the costs down. And he also wanted it to be a yeah. remote place uh, because he he saw it this story as being uh, like like a traditional who done it or a old dark house style story. And it was also Robert. Yes, it's, it's very sorry. Agatha Christie, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And it was also Robert who suggested a moving location. Um, and it and then it was Philip Hinchcliffe who came up with the idea of a mobile digger. Yeah, which is, I think, it's a, it's an unusual location, but it, it works really well. Because these sort of style of stories, you've got to isolate the people, haven't you? It's no good if they can just walk, you know, next door to the police station if something's happening. You've got to isolate the characters. And this is a really nice, unusual... I mean, it you could have done it on a spaceship, but the the fact that it's a sand miner is, yeah, it's it's different enough that it, it gives it a bit of a, a an edge. Yeah. Right, now before we get into the characters, um, you said uh, before, yeah, the director, Michael E. Bryant, um, of this Doctor Who story, yes. uh, well known in, Do- in Blake 7, because he did The Way Back, he did The yeah. Web, he did Project Avalon, Deliverance, and Aurac. So, you know, quite a, uh, uh, a list there of uh, classic yeah. Blake 7 stories. Yeah, he's done some good ones. He certainly has. Right. So now we're gonna we're gonna go through these characters one by one. All right. Right. Okay. Uh, top of the list because she should be is Toys, played by the lovely Pamela Salem. Yes. Yeah. So she was uh, a very different character, I think, in this one. I don't know whether you. I mm, yeah yeah character wise yes um, yeah of course she played Kara in Cygnus Alpha didn't she she yep. she she was a very much a, a a true believer of old Brian Blessed there wasn't she um, yeah but uh, but but here she oh um, is it Uvanov the 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 captain yes yeah old um, Russell Hunter. Yes, lonely from Callan. Yes, that's it. Yeah, she she, I. It's kind of similar the way she yeah yeah you know respects both these leaders. It, it is kind of similar, I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting this because in in um, Blake Seven, her character is very much like you say a true believer, and nothing is knocking her faith. She believes to the end. Whereas in this, yeah, she starts off. She's got total confidence in uh Yuvenov and the company and the role she plays on this ship and the fact that 
the the robot i don't think it's a spoiler to say the robots are killing people it's called robots of death after all. <laughs> um that knocks her confidence and it's it's interesting that from that point on she becomes a much more sort of timid and nervous and not sure of anything character mm. Mm. um i th- i think she's I, I really like her as an actress and i think she does a good job in both um i think she's I don't know if she's got more to do in this than in Blake 7, because I, I did like her. She had a bit to do. She didn't have really add an end to her character in Blake 7, did she? It's like she just got the spear and yeah, that, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, she yeah. got the end of a spear. That was her end. Yeah, yes. she's, she's yeah. got a bit of an arc in this, in that she starts off with 100% confidence, gets knocked down, and then by the end of it... it's all, But she's almost... The confidence she had and the faith she had in the system is now put into the Doctor, mm. isn't it? It's... It's, it's it's nice. It's again, you you can tell um, uh, it's Chris Wright in it because it's it's so characterful. Mm. Like these people could have been just stock characters, but everyone's different. Everyone has got a character, except for a couple of the people that are killed straight off the bat. <laughs> in fact, one person I don't even we only ever see his face, don't we? In a in a yeah. hopper. Um, but the characters that are there, they they all work. Okay, well, there's one. There's one caveat on that in that Zilda, the character, the character works okay, but the actress is awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she's sort of a female Rick James, isn't she? The female Rick James, I'm also thinking the uh, the actor that played uh, Cancer. Oh, yes. Yeah. yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that level. Kind totally of, miscast, it? I think. Totally yeah, miscast. Totally but, miscast. But the opposite of that, Pamela, I mean, I, I think she's yep. terrific in both roles. And yes. I, I could, I, I would really like to have seen toys go off in the TARDIS at the end of this story. She, yeah, I think she, she would have made a good a, companion. Yeah, I think she would have been a good companion. Um, yeah, it, it would have been interesting because she comes from a, although it's a, a very, um, a very technological world, these people are incredibly lazy and don't really know how to do much, do they? You know? mm. It's almost a precursor to Wally, isn't it? If you've seen the film Wally, <laughs> it's almost that where the robots do everything for everyone. So although she's a very competent second in command, she doesn't really know how to do anything because no. she's used to just pressing a button or telling a robot to do it. Mm. So um, yeah, I think that would have been an interesting character to to carry yeah, out. Yeah. Um, were you aware that she went up for the role of Leela? No, I wasn't. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah that, I can't see anyone but Louise Jameson playing Leela, but I think she would have done a, a, a good job on it. Mm, mm. Now, l- let's do this hypoth- hypothetical then. Yep. Who do you think she would have been good as, as a regular character? I think, I mean, we've, we've not got a, a, a lot of choice on female characters, but I think she would have made an excellent Callie. Um, I could see her as Jenna, but I, I think she plays the 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 slightly troubled characters a bit better. So I think she would have been brilliant as a Callie that's, that's sort of lost her, again, lost her faith in, uh, mm. in being a resistance fighter. I, yeah, I think she would have been really good. I think she would have brought a, an alienness to it as well. That would have, would have been nice to see. Mm. And again, these, these hypotheticals are nothing against the actors that play the characters. No, not at all. You know, not we, at all. We, we know and love them all, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I, yeah, I think she would have been a better Callie than a, uh, 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 Jenna. I've got her down as Jenna. Okay, I've I've got her down oh, as right. Jenna. I th- I think she's got a hardness to her. I I think I think she could have yeah. been a smuggler. I think she could have been a tough Jenna, the Jenna that that yeah. we we 
very often said we wish that had continued and she didn't just become what Jenna became. But yeah. I could have seen her. But but thinking about it as well, I think maybe nobody else could replace Jacqueline Pierce. But I think she could have been a good Serverlan as well. No, I yeah, I thought that just then when you were saying that, and I thought oh, would she have worked as Serverlan? I thought, oh, I don't know. I don't I don't know whether because. The character of Serverland, there's not much to it on paper. Hmm. Whereas I think Jacqueline Pierce, Jacqueline Pierce is the character. I think she, yeah, true. yeah she created that character. So, I, although I think we would have had a character called Serverland, it wouldn't have been anything like the Serverland we know and love. So I, no. I'm not sure on that. Oh. Saying, you're saying about um, a Harder Edge, yeah? Do you, do you remember in um, the Sylvester McCoy episode, Remembrance of the Daleks, where uh, Pamela Salem is the sort of the prototype unit mm-hmm. scientific advisor, and yeah, she's quite hard edged in that, in that she's constantly pushing the doctor sort of thing. So yeah, you, yeah, you might be right. She might have. Mm. I think she would have worked in either, to be honest. Yeah, she'd have been right. much better talent. <laughs> yeah, but so would Zilda. That's true. Yes. <laughs> They would have got on. Actually, if Zilda and Tarrant ever met, he'd have fell for her because he loves them sort of wet fishes, don't he? Wet fishes, yes, he's, yes, he's, indeed. He loves that sort of character. <laughs> yeah. All right, next character, uh, Dask, was played by uh, David Bailey. Not that David Bailey, the other David yes. Bailey. Yeah, um, yeah he, he was no. Chevna in Project Avalon. and, uh, yes. and, and he's, um, he's got a brilliant jawline, that guy. He has, he has. Um, he's got a bit more Doctor yeah. Who history he, than he all the others. He reminds me of... Sorry. Yeah. No, after you, after you. I was going to say, visually, he reminds me of um, Glenn Strange, you know, mm-hmm. that, used, that uh, was in Gunsmoke and he used to play the um, Frankenstein monster in the latter films of Universal. And v- visually, he's got that same sort of craggy jawline. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good actor. Uh, no, good actor. Yeah, oh, very good, very good. Um, no, I was going to say he's got a bit more of a Doctor Who history uh, than everybody else here. Um, he has said, although I've never actually seen it confirmed, that he was the first choice to play Davros. Have you heard that? Oh, right. No, I've not heard that. Yeah, he but I, yeah, he would have been good, I think. But he chose to yeah. do a play instead. Oh, okay. Well. Um, and uh, yeah. He also went on to play the Celestial Toymaker in the audio plays. Um, yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and when I was IMDb-ing all the people just to see, yep. you know, what else they had done, I had not made the connection that old Chevna is in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, he's um, Mr... Oh, what's the character's name? Cotton, I can't think of the character, yeah, Cotton. he's... Um, yes, yeah. Yeah. He's the one with the parrot, isn't he? That's right, yeah, yeah. and it's like... Bloody hell! That's Chip. That's yeah. Chip. He was from... also, he was also the new. He was in the new Captain, not Captain Birds. Like the, uh, the television adverts with, um, tins of tuna. Oh right. Uh, yeah, and he was he was played a sailor on one of the boats fairly recently. Yeah. He's, okay. Once you notice his face, you see him in everything. He's a very very prolific actor. Now he's one of those ones, you know, where I'm so blinkered by Blake Seven, I know him yeah. from that and that True. alone, you know. See, yeah. I I think of him as I think of him as um, the character of Robots of Death because I think he's he's superb in this. Hmm. The the scene where he's begging to come into the bridge and he goes from pleading to outright maniacal madness yeah. in like three lines. So yeah, actually, yeah, he would have made a good Davros thinking about it. Yeah, that escalation yeah. of nuttiness. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that nuttiness, and uh, not much like Chevna. Then uh, he's a completely different no, no, character no, in uh, in yeah. <laughs> in uh, um, Project Avalon. But who do you think he could have played? In I I see him as Avon. I think he would have been a really good and much more dangerous Avon. Not so lovable, but yeah, I could see him as the uh, the computer programmer gone bad. Mm, I've got exactly the same for that for that role here yeah. in Doctor. Not 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 so much Chevna. If if, no. if 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 that was if if I was to go on his yeah. performance as Chevna in Project Avalon, I would have said Villa. But yes, what you yeah. just said there about you know when. He goes psycho. It's like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got that. He's got the edge. He could have been a good Avon. Yes. Yeah, he does that. That escalation of of anger so well. I've seen him do it in a few different roles, and it's yeah. He's he's got he's and he's believable as well when he gets angry. It's not you know, which again, Paul Paul Darrow does perfectly as well, where he spins on a dime from chatty and nice to psychotic. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, right, moving on. Uh, Paul was played by David Collins. Um, yes, brilliant actor. Well, we're, we're going to hold off talking about him because we're going to be talking about him in a future episode of this show are, as, yes. as he plays Diva in the very last story, Blake, doesn't he? Um, yeah. I had forgotten he was in that because when I was looking through the list of this, I hadn't written him down when you were saying about the people in it. And... Um, so I went I went through IMDB looking at the Robots of Death and seeing who had done what and who had done other things. And then he came up as Blake Seven and it was like, What the hell did he play in Blake Seven? Mm. And it yeah, it was the final episode, wasn't it? It was in yeah. Blake. Yeah, yeah. He was also I mean, he was in the very last story of Blake Seven. He was also in the very last story of Sapphire and Steel, where he played yeah. Silver. He was um, brilliant as Silver. He's brilliant in everything. Yeah. Um he he he's got a past history in Who as well. He was yes. in Revenge yeah. of the Cybermen and Mordrin Undead. Um, yeah, he he also in that that range of uh, other doctors. So they did a, an audio range of um, of other people that that were touted for Doctor Who but never got it what they would have done. So they did like David Warner did a story mm-hmm. and and Michael Collins, uh, David Collins did a Michael Collins that was the astronaut. Um, David Collins did one of those, didn't he? Where he I think he was playing the Doctor. Yeah, so it, it was called Full he's always, Fathom. He's always five. in list. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes, he's always listed in in lists as uh, as the the best doctor we never had sort of mm. list isn't it and i think it would have been brilliant i know him as monkey yes he, yeah that's that's it, he ruled my childhood because he was the voice of monkey yes i know you're a monkey fan oh, yeah, right. yeah yeah he he was also terrific in an episode of uh, ufo as well so uh, i always remember him from that yeah. as well no no terrific actor but could he have been uh, a main character in Blake Seven. Well, if I, who? I initially went with Villa because he does do the 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 comedy bits. He does the the. He's got a very wry line in in doing funny lines. I think that would fit perfectly. But you know what? I think he's got a harder edge than Villa. I don't know. So I I could see him as Blake. I could see him as the political leader, out of favour. Yeah, mm. I I think he would have been a good Blake. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Yeah, yeah. I've got Villa though. I've, yeah, I I've thought abso- I, I, I put Villa, Villa. I put Villa or Blake, but I thought Villa. Yeah, it's plus that's too easy. Let's stretch him a bit. Mm. Let's make the actor work. But yeah, I could, I think he's the only one on this list that I thought could could have been Blake. Mm. Yeah. Really. Mm. No, I th- I, I, it, I, that just didn't occur to me. Mm. I think um, you know. 
Gareth Thomas is so memorable as Blake, yeah. you know, uh, just physically he what, what what he was like as Blake. So somebody of a slighter stature, you don't tend to um, yeah. immediately make that connection, do you? Yeah, yeah he he wouldn't have been out. My he, um, David Collins wouldn't be able to wear that big batwing mm. shirt. He'd get lost in it, wouldn't he? Yeah. All right. Next up, Brian Croucher. Okay. Brian Croucher. I yeah. love Brian Croucher. I know you do. The I more I do. see of him, the more I love him. Yeah. You know? And this, like you said, this earlier, is um, this is this is Travis. It's it's prototype yep. Travis, isn't it? Yeah. You Absolutely. you mentioned when when you said about doing this one, and I it was so I went off and watched it, and I with your thought in mind that that you always think of. Travis, I'm like, no, it's nothing like that. And I was watching, oh God, it's Travis. <laughs> the, the mannerisms, the, the the attitude to people, this the is, shoutiness. Yeah, this is Travis before he decided, you know what, I'm going to join the Space Corps, and he had a little bit of discipline put in him. Mm. But yeah, this is this this could be the junior. Other than the fact he dies in it, this could be the junior adventures of Travis. Yeah, if you listen to this story and oh, not God, watch yeah. it, it is Travis, and so therefore you have Travis going up against yeah. the Doctor. <laughs> you have the Doctor saying about you are the classic example of the inverse proportion of yeah. you know size of the brain to the size of the mouth. That is the Doctor talking about Travis, isn't it? It is, yeah, and that's perfect for Travis Mark Two. Wouldn't work so much Travis Mark one, but this is yeah, for for Brian Crouch's Travis, that line works perfectly. Yep, yep. Now he is rare in that he is the only one who actually did yeah. go up for a role in Blake Seven. He actually went up for the role of Blake. Yeah, I. As much as I love him, I don't think he would have suited the role of Blake. I I can't mentally picture it. No. No, because because every part he ever plays, even when it's like a walk on, say, two lines and walk off, he always has that hard man edge. And yeah. I think the good thing about Gareth Thomas playing Blake is he ne he he wasn't the classic hard man or hero type. Like you say, physicality, he was a, almost a school teacher look, didn't he? You yes, could see him as a yes. science teacher. Or, yeah, so I, I think Brian Croucher would have been too. He would have won straight away in the first episode. <laughs> he would have just drop kicked all those guards that turned up. Yeah, I've got him down as Gan. But isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can see him as Gan. Here's an interesting one. I thought, would he have made a better Tarrant? Because he, I think he, the way he plays parts, he could have played Tarrant as the total arrogant ex-captain. Mm, yeah, part. and I, I, I think he would have been a good talent, you know. Mm. I think a totally different character, mind, but yeah, I think he would have, he would have really been. A, I mean, I, I've always said that I would have loved to have seen him. when he, when he left the, when he was in trial, when he escaped, and he totally not connected to the Federation. I would have loved it if he had have seeked refuge on the Liberator, and they in a Doctor Smith way, and they have him on board mm. for a few stories before they realise that was madness. I think that would have worked really well. And I would have loved to have seen him on... Because he played off against Paul Darrow so well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Much better than he did playing off Blake, I think. But Okay. All right. Next one up. Miles Fothergill, who played uh, SV7. Yes. 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 Uh, brilliant voice. Brilliant yeah. voice. The, the, ro the robots in Robots. Yeah. They're, they're... And again, we in uh, effectively speaking, we were talking about how well... Everything gelled together, the look, the acting, the script. 
and again the voice the voices of the robots are superb mm. um i wonder how much uh, input he had in um sort of uh, the, the guys doing the robots had in saying the way the robots talked or whether they were told to play it in a certain way mm. because it's once once heard you never you never forget them so for me he would have been an excellent zen Mm. I don't think Orak. Mm, I'm not sure, but Zen. I think that would have been perfect casting for Zen. Uh, uh, if if we couldn't have had Peter Tudnam, because Peter Tudnam is perfection, as mm. we've said before. But if we couldn't have him, I think uh, Miles would have no, done the job. I think I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I was yeah. going to suggest Avon, but no, no, yeah. no, no. Zen's better. No, no. I'll, I'll yeah. join you with Zen. Definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That was a good one. Um, all right, well, that's our actors. That's our seven yeah. uh, when we include uh, the, the writer and the director. But I've got two more, right? Oh, right. The potentially. Well, what, what, one, one isn't, but there is a connection. Right. And the other one potentially could be. And the one that's got a connection to Blake Seven and this story is uh, Tynus, old Ronald Lacey himself. Okay? Oh, right. Right. Because he was offered right. the, the, the lead of Commander Uvanov. Oh, right. Oh, that do you know what that that would have worked, but although they both play sort of the same odious type characters, Russell Hunter and um, uh, um, Ronald Lacey. Ronald Lacey. I was thinking of I was thinking John Tracy. What's wrong with me today? (laughs) I'm thinking of astronauts. I got astronauts (laughs) on my brain. Um, Yeah, they play the same sort of slightly odious character, but I think. uh, Russell Hunter has a bit of backbone to him that that uh, Ronald doesn't. Mm. So it'd been interesting that that would have been really interesting. Yeah, would have been. And and one last one. And as I say, it's potentially there is a connection. The person who plays Chubb, right? Yes. Rob Edwards is his name. Yeah. Okay. I was watching the story, and it's like I know your voice. I know your voice, and I know his voice from Blake Seven. Oh. At least I think I do. Uh, Death Watch, right? You, you know the Tarrant-centric yeah. story. There is a scene where you've got a uh, a reporter, and he's like talking to the camera about right. you know through oh, these yes. doors, yeah. da da da, yeah. da. Yeah. and he's talking to somebody in the gallery. All right, you know the producer of this show. Yeah. You ne- you you never see the guy, but you hear his voice coming over the tannoy. You know, yeah. and and I'm. 99.9% certain it's this guy, Rob Edwards. Oh, right. that it sounds just like him. Now, of course, the first thing you do is you go on IMDb yep. and, and you type in Blake 7 Death Watch and there it is. There's all the uh, people. No, there is no listing for the vo- the voiceover person, this producer uh-huh. guy that's talking to the reporter. But I'm I'm pretty darn sure that's him. Have you tried Google searching it as to who played the voiceover guy in the episode? No, I haven't done that. I've, I've, I've looked into Rob Edwards as well, but no, there's nothing about it. But yeah, if anybody on Facebook... Um, yeah, if, if anyone you, knows the answer yeah, to Yeah, if you, if you can go onto Facebook and just let us know, is this chub guy the, the voiceover person? Yeah. In well, which we, case, we, we've got eight, not seven. Yeah, we, we know that the, the major actors in Blake 7, the Shakers and Movers, listen to this podcast. Of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, perhaps you're the actor and you can tell us. Yeah, Rob, let us know. Yeah. yeah. And while we're talking about Facebook as well, yeah, um, anybody listening, if, if you 
would like to put on Facebook, you know, who you think these people we've been talking about yeah. today would have, uh, uh, you would have liked seen, let us know on the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, let us know who uh, who who would be a good cast choice for these. Yeah. I, I mean, they do. I've often thought of you. I think every fan does this, don't they? If I had the, if I was in charge, who would I cast? Type things. Um, but yeah, these these are again a a good collection of actors in this. Because mm. Russell Hunter never appeared in Doc Two, did he? I don't. I can't think of him ever. I don't think he Doctor. did. Which is a shame because he. I mean, such a good actor. And he's perfect in this part uh, as Yuvenov. Uh, um, like I say, I think this is really well cast, this story, except for Zilda, mm. who mm. is awful. Mm. But yeah. I don't know anything about the actress. It might have been her first job. <coughs> don't know. She might have been told to play it like that. But um, I suppose you've got... It's like it's like you've got to have at least one fault in anything, haven't you? So I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we can forgive that. Yeah. One more thing to say before we go... Um, is that um, while Doctor Who was off air, you know, after the Sylvester McCoy uh, yeah. era, um, BBC Books published a past Doctor's adventure called Corpse Marker, oh, written by yeah, yeah, written by Chris Boucher, and it was a sequel to this story, and it was a, a crossover with Blake Seven yeah. due to the inclusion of Carnell. Okay, who ah, is a, right. a, a character? Master, yeah. yeah, we've we've still got to uh, do Carnell. We will be doing Carnell yes. uh, sometime in the future, and um, and that gave a guy by the name of Alan Stevens uh, the idea of doing an audio drama using the setting of Caldor City, which is mentioned in this story, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. And with. Uh, Chris Boucher's blessing, off he went and he did it. He did an audio thing through his own company called Magic Bullet, um, the, the company, and uh, he used Paul Darrow, was in that audio thing. Um, uh, he created a character called Caston Largo, uh, especially for Paul Darrow, um, and there were other Blake Seven connections in that as well. Brian Croucher was in it. Um, Scott Fredericks, the man who played Carnell, he, he yeah. reprised his role of Carnell in it, and Peter Tuddenham also guest starred in one of the six audio adventures that they did, Caldor City audio adventures. Mm-hmm. So, so via Chris Boucher, there is a connection between Blake Seven and Doctor Who that is actually established more so than, you know, the Terry, Terry Nation in the bar saying, I want the, uh, the Daleks yes, to yeah. be in it. Okay. Yeah, this is actual connections, not not made up connections. It, it's an actual connection. Though, yes. The, um, yeah, I'd forgotten about the novel uh, Corpse Marker because the original title for that was Bicycle Reflector Disc. Wasn't it? <laughs> it certainly was. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Zilda and the Bicycle Reflector Discs. Yeah. Oh, that, see, that's a perfect uh, that, name for a, a novel. Zilda and the Bicycle Reflector Discs. I'm yeah, gonna, I think I'm going to start yeah. writing it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you should write that now. No, but that that, that was going to be my question for you. What do you yep. think about this then? That the Blake Seven and Doctor Who universes are one. Um, well, I suppose with Doctor Who, you can fit any universe you want into Doctor Who because we know that he visits parallel universes. We know that with time travel, anything's possible. He's reset the universe several times. So that side of it, I can see that it'd fit. I'm not so sure that the Blake Seven universe itself could could be part of the recognised Doctor Who Earth history. 
I'm not sure where it could fit in. Um, and I'm not entirely sure that the actual um, sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Like the 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 world, the feel, the aesthetics of Blake Seven is the same as Doc Two. I know they're they're similar in that they're both <laughs> lowish budget BBC productions using very similar production crews, very similar resources. But the actual tone of it, I think, Blake Seven is a much harsher, more adult tone. Can you imagine anyone in Doctor Who being told that they're being set up as a child molester? Mm. You know, it's. I think it's different. Although you're right when you said earlier that you can't think of any Doctor Who fan, uh, Blake Seven fan, that wouldn't have also be a Doctor Who fan. I th- I think there may be. I think there may be people for which Blake 7 appeals and Doctor Who doesn't and vice versa. Mm. I do think there is a difference. But with careful with careful writing and careful editing, yeah, I think you could get parts of it to fit. See, I don't like the idea at yeah. all. I don't like it. I don't like the idea that the Earth of the of the federation is an earth that has been invaded by Daleks and Cybermen, no, etc. etc. Et 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 yeah, I don't. I think it would be difficult to fit the, the <coughs> pardon me, the history of the Earth in Doctor Who into Blake Seven. I'm just going to take a mouthful of drink. Yeah, sure. The very thought of it just made my mouth go dry. <laughs> um, I I think it would have been a huge mistake if the alien, the Andromedan aliens, had been Daleks. I mm-hmm. think that would have <coughs> solid both programs. I I think it's not. It's okay for fans and things, but I, I it does annoy me this this Star Wars esque thinking that everything has to be connected. Yeah. If you like one thing and it's similar to something else, it therefore must be connected, or it must, you know, try and tie it up, and all this sort of thinking. And um, it 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 sort of annoys me. And it's always, it's not an age thing because it's always annoyed me. It's like I. I am going off tangent a bit, but the new the new uh, Jodie Whittaker series of Doctor Who, I love for the very reasons it seems to annoy a lot of fans, which is the fact that they've sort of almost cut all ties with the past on it. They're doing their own thing. It's still the same flavour, but they're not. It's not that you don't have to have all this history in your mind while you're watching it. It's almost back to sort of Hartnell-esque days. But I know it, it absolutely annoys that sci-fi fans seem to want to tie everything together. Mm. Uh, you see, I mean, you're a much bigger Star Wars fan than I am, and you, you must see this all the time where everything ends up having oh, it drives me up the wall. or tied. Or, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's, um, I, it seems to appeal to a certain fan mindset that likes this. And, you know, nothing against it if you want to go off and do that sort of thing, but... I it, it does annoy me. So I, I'm quite happy that these live in separate universes. I see no need to tie them together. No, no. Uh, as such. Um, no, very. I, I think yeah. No, very well said, Ian. I, yeah. I totally agree with everything you say. I mean, the only time in Blake Seven that you ever got an alien invasion, it was from a different galaxy, and yes. it was dealt yeah. with. At no point in the show's history did you ever have an alien race trying to invade Earth or take over another planet in that manner. Uh, no, no, no. Keep the two apart. You, you, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. All right. Well, before we go, um, it's shout-out time. Oh, I like shout-outs. 
Oh, yes, I know you do. That's why I haven't told you about it. This is a surprise oh, to you. It's, it's the right. little bit I look forward to, yeah. No, I mean, I look forward to the rest of it. It's not a chore. I thought you were going to say but, I look yeah. forward to writing them. Yes, I do. I, we've actually got no listeners. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, many, 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 many thanks to somebody by the name of Bob Mellonby. I'm, I'm pre- presumably an ancient oh, ancestor of Powell and Dana. Yes, yes, I, th- I, th- I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, no, on iTunes, he's given us a lovely review over on there. Um, apparently, we're the Thinking Persons Blake 7 podcast. Get in there. <laughs> I wonder what the people are thinking, but we're definitely the Thinking Persons. Oh, that's a lovely thing to say. Lovely, and we're gold standard, Ian. I, I, thought, I thought he was going to say that I thought he was going to say that we're the uh, we're the thinking woman's choice of, of <laughs> crumpet, but no. No, okay. No, well, many thanks for that, Bob, um, and, and thank you for the, your thanks. And uh, um, and yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I'm I'm always astonished to see that we've got a review and uh, and a rating. Um, um, so that's lovely. Thank you very much, Bob. Yeah. Well, I, I was um, I was showing. Well, I was telling um, one of my work colleagues uh, about doing the podcast, and they were sort of not not sneery, but it was you know podcast. And um, then they they went and looked. So where do you get it? I said I'm it's on iTunes. So he went and looked on iTunes, and we've got like, several five star ratings, which is very gratifying. And it was like couldn't believe it, but it was like yeah, people seem to like it. And and yeah yeah so yes it's surprising yes thank th- thank you to everybody I mean you know on, only s- some people have left yes. uh, actual reviews but more people have left star ratings so th- thank you each and every one of you that have done so yes yeah definitely all right okay well that's it that's this special episode over and of course that means next time we're back to season one. And we're also returning to one of our earliest episodes. Um, way back in episode five was our very first special episode when we discussed the mutoids. And uh, in that, we mentioned we the did, story. Yes. Yeah, we mentioned the story Jewel quite a bit in that. So we're going back to Jewel, and uh, we're going to discuss Sinafar and Giroc next time. Now this, is, yeah, I'm looking forward to this because um, that's one of my favourite stories from Blake Seven. It's certainly in my sort. Of Top three. Well, you'll be pleased to hear that we're actually going to visit it a third time because, yes, yeah. um, you know, we we discussed it in episode five with the Mutoids. Next week, we're going to be talking about Cinefar and Giroc, but we're only going to be discussing the Cinefar and Giroc scenes because yeah. uh, our third visit will be when we do our special episode on Travis Mark One. Um, so yeah what, yeah, what an episode that will be! It will be, won't it? Yes. Four four hours of us gushing. Gushing. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. So see you next week, Ian. No problem. See you next week. All right. Go and go, go and put Jewel on straight away. I will. I'm gonna watch it now. All right. Okay. See you then. See you everybody. See Thanks, you next Ian. time. Bye bye. Thanks then. Bye. <laughs>